Most of all today, I am thankful for the presence of God that I feel here. Amen. Let's, let's clap our hands to the Lord for that. Praise God. Of all the things that I could cherish in life, the most important to me is being able to sense and feel the nearness and the presence of God. I do not believe that church was ever meant to be a dead, boring, dull experience. Not at all. Not when you understand that past the altar. Don't let the altar get you hung up. A lot of people get hung up at the altar because that's where death is. And it doesn't smell very good there because there's blood at the altar. But if you can get past the altar, there's a table of shoe bread. There is the manna and there is the candlestick that lights the way. And beyond that is the holy of holies, the presence of almighty God. Oh, listen to me. I, I, I don't want to get hung up at the beginning of what God's wanting to reveal to me because there's something about it that's a little unpleasant. I promise you that if you'll keep going, you're going to like the end product. And I am so thankful that when we set our hand to the work of God, we have continued to this day. And it has gotten better and better and sweeter and sweeter. Amen. Amen. As the days go by, it does just that. So thank you for being here. Please come tonight, not to help honor us, but to celebrate the Lord and what he has done here in our midst. Solomon, Song of Solomon, the Old Testament writing, chapter 5, and I'm going to read one verse out of this very unique and special book. Song of Solomon, Old Testament. If you can't find it, just start at Psalms and start moving toward the New Testament and you'll come across it. Little section, a segment of divine purpose and it is so powerful uh, it is so powerful Song of Solomon chapter 5 verse 2 the maiden speaking said I sleep but my heart waketh it is the voice of my beloved that knocketh saying open to me open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled, for my head is filled with dew and my locks with the drops of the night. I want to lift from that one verse these three words, open to me. Say that with me, open to me. God bless you, you may be seated. I come with a simple message this morning, one that I pray will touch not only your heart, but your soul. There is no more beautiful or telling story than is found in our text. As a matter of fact, the entire book, The Song of Solomon, is one of the most intimate portraits that God ever painted of love, his divine love for us, 
and the love that should reciprocate back to him. And it is played out in this story of a man and a woman who fall in love and are betrothed and marry. It is a very intimate book because love is a very intimate thing. It is embarrassing if you read it in any other context because there are so many things that are referenced here that seem embarrassing at first glance that most people avoid reading the Song of Solomon because it makes them blush at the openness and the directness in which they speak to one another. But if you could ever get it in your mind that it is a portrait of divine love and it is a picture of the relationship that God desires to have with his people and it is a, a, a picture of the extent that he will go to nurture that relationship. Certainly it is a great book to read about marriage because it gives what I believe is the ideal setting of a man and a woman and the relationship that they should have with one another. It's a great book for couples to read because of several reasons. One of them is that it teaches you how to talk to one another in the context of love. And it teaches you how to treat one another in that same context. And when you read that and you listen at how they talk to one another and they talk about one another, it helps you understand what love between a man and a woman ought to be. But that's just an earthly picture. The true picture that he wants to elevate my eyes to is something grander than that. Something more important than just a man and a woman. But it is God and his greatest creation, mankind. And it is an intimate look into the desire that God has for us. One could learn much about reading this book and the relationships that are mentioned here. Whether it was read in that context or not, I want to bring it to your attention today because I feel a deep compelling of the Holy Ghost. Whether it was a dream or like a dream, I do not know. But the message says that uh, he came to his beloved in this particular setting and he came in such a clear and significant way that she could not ignore his coming. It is the story in my mind of divine intent, of divine purpose, of his resolve in relationship to you and I. But he is not content to be a God of the heavens and a God who merely sits upon the throne or the circle of the earth. But he is a God who desires to know and to fellowship and to interact and be connected with me on a daily and a very personal basis. And so when you read the story you see a divine intent that is expressed because verse 1, he said, I come, I come.
he steps out of his royal place and comes to this woman. He starts down a road deliberately. His steps are marked because he wants to enter and he wants to fellowship and he wants to reveal himself to her. There is an anxiousness in his words, I come. There is, in my estimation, a picture of the greatest desire that one could have toward another. Not just a want, but a deep longing. There was a desire for fellowship and relationship and conversation and connection. And what an incredible thought that is to think that God of heaven wants to talk and fellowship and be connected to me. What an astonishing thought for me to consider. That not only does he want to be connected to me, but he wants to speak to me. He wants to commune with me. He, he doesn't want to just pass by and go on his way, but he wants to come in to me. He, he wants to get where I am. He wants to sit at my table. He wants to look across the room at me and make a connection there. There's something in God that longs for that. He wants to be with me. He wants a relationship with me. So desperately does God want that, that he would take the initiative. We didn't go to him. If it were left to us, most of us would have forgotten about God a long time ago. The only reason some of you are here this morning is because God came to your door and he knocked at your heart and his voice spoke clearly to you and somehow you were able to respond to that. We didn't come after him. I don't care what your humanity tells you. Humanity does not seek God. God seeks humanity. And God came after me. He wanted me so desperately. He wants us this morning in this service so desperately. But he'll take any means he can. He'll use any possible way he can to get to where I am, to talk to my heart. Hallelujah. And so he speaks. He approaches her and he seeks her. What a picture of mercy and what a portrait of love. I wonder how often and how many times and in how many ways has God tried to come to us in the course of a day or a week or a life. How many times does God come just wanting to talk to us, wanting to connect with us, wanting us to know that he's there, that he's available that he's interested, that he knows. How many times has he approached us in our life? And even this morning, I have felt his footsteps as he came near this congregation one more time. How many times have we come into this building and felt what we have felt this morning? But for many of us, it has become such a common occurrence 
that we don't think about it as being what it really is. It's an opportunity. It is a great privilege of mine to be able to know that God cares about me enough and he cares about my situation in life enough and he cares about what I'm going through enough that he would venture into my world and he would come to knock at my, dog, my heart and he would speak my name and call out to me. What a privilege to know that God could love me in such a way. He appealed to something within her just like he has appealed to something within us this morning. I want to tell you, if you have not felt something today, whether you know what it is that you feel or not, if you have not felt something today by the songs that were sung a little while ago, you need a serious awakening this morning because God has been here from the very first note that was struck on the keyboard and the first sound that came out of the human voice, the presence of God was here. And he was saying, I'm here for a purpose. I've come here on purpose. I've come here to help somebody. I've come here to make a difference in somebody's life. I've come here to let somebody know you're not alone in this world. I am here with you and I am here for you. And so he appeals to something within her. He appeals to something within her so that she would be awakened. I thought about that today and I wonder, God, do we still recognize your voice? When you speak or when you knock, do we still understand that that's you? Whether we open the door or not, that's, that's another part of the message, but... Do we even recognize your voice? That when you begin to move, do we realize this is not emotion? This is the awesome God of creation who said, I'm going to come to your world. I'm going to work in your situation. Is there something about life that has so hardened us and so calloused us that when God begins to move and God begins to speak, we can't even recognize that. There was a day when tears came easily, but now it seems like you've got to have a jackhammer and you've got to have a stick of dynamite and you've got to have some explosion for people to realize God's here. I need to talk to God. I need to open up to God. I need to speak with him because I need him to speak to me. I need to hear what he has to say about my situation and about my life. I need his touch on me this morning. Oh, God is appealing to something within us this morning. He's trying to awake something in all of us that says, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I know your need. I know your problems. I know your perplexities. I know your turmoils. I know your troubles. I know your tragedies. I want you to open up to me. And he approaches with such care. He is not one who comes thundering with great power. He is not one who overwhelms. He does not come in like a mighty rushing wind, but with a knock he came he knocked upon the door of this one he loved and he appeals through not only the knock but the sweetness of his voice. 
He doesn't speak to frighten her. He doesn't move to terrify her. He speaks because he loves her. You know, that's one thing a lot of people mistake about being in the presence of God. They become afraid. And I've always told people, you don't have to be afraid of anything when you're in the presence of God because God will never hurt you. He will never harm you. He will never abuse you. He will never take advantage of you. He will never use you. He will only make you better if you will open to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wish we could open to him right now. Lift up your voice with me right now. Hallelujah. Presence of God, I feel your nearness right now. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Oh, Jesus. I'm amazed at the tenderness of love that God has toward me. Knowing all my shortcomings, knowing all my failures, knowing all of the idiosyncrasies of my life, when he speaks to me, he doesn't bring up my past or my failure, but he uses words like my love, my dove, my undefiled. Oh, God. It only emphasizes the longing that he has for me. The longing that God has to connect with me. To get me to understand how much he wants to help me. But like many, we as she find ourselves asleep. There's nothing wrong with sleep. It was natural. But it is often in the natural occurrences of life that he comes. He comes and she was asleep, but more than just asleep, she was preoccupied. Because when he began to speak to her, and when he began to knock on that door, the Bible said, my heart awakes, but my body, I can't get my body to respond. His presence stirred something in her. Asleep as she was, she knew his voice and she recognized him and she said, I sleep but my heart awaketh. Aroused she was but she was not activated. Asleep as some people may be today. I believe you still know the voice of God when he speaks and God has been speaking from the very beginning of this service. God is moving right now. God is moving and dealing at this moment. He is wooing me. He is calling me. He is speaking to my need and my name. He is calling right now. And all he is asking is open to me. Open to me. Come on, bring down the barriers. Bring down the walls. Get rid of the excuses. Don't allow your flesh to strip you of what my presence is trying to bring into your life. 
I want to know something this morning. Has his presence stirred anything in you today that has made you want to reach out to him? Has there been anything in this service that's caused you to want to get on your feet and lift up your hands and say, yes, God, I feel your touch. I know that you're here. I know that you came for me. I know that you came because you love me. Let him in right now. Somebody just open the door and let him in. 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 He's the lover of my soul. He is the lover of my soul, and he wants to help me. He wants to help me. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. How much God wants to bless somebody here today and strengthen them. The Bible said her heart was awakened because she knew his voice. What a wonderful thing when we are awakened. The heart is the seed of the emotions, feelings, desires, hopes, dreams. All of those things reside in the heart, and the heart was awakened. And that's a hopeful sign when the heart is awakened, but that's not enough. Listen to me, that's not enough. Because her heart was awakened did not mean she received what God had intended for her to have that particular occasion. Her heart began to speak to her, get up, move, do something. But evidently her flesh was making her think otherwise. Her flesh was making excuses. I put off my shoes. I'm dressed for bed. It's too late. It's anniversary. It's Sunday morning. We only have a limited amount of time. And so it is how often, as with her, our heart struggles with the natural heaviness of life. Carnality, worldly desires, and even weariness cause us to not properly respond. What is your heart, listen to me, what is your heart speaking to you this morning to do that your flesh is trying to talk you out of? Your spirit is saying, come on, this is God. You've been needing this for a long time. You needed this service. You needed this presence. You needed this help. You needed this encouragement. But on the other side, there's a fleshly part of us that's saying, well, not Maybe tonight or maybe next week, brother. I don't like to feel under pressure. I'm not trying to pressure you. I'm just telling you that there is such an intent desire by God to want to get into my world and help me in my situation that at times I do feel pressure, but thank God for that pressure because it's that pressure that helps bring me into his presence because in his presence there's fullness of joy and at his right hand there's pleasure forevermore and if I can ever get past my flesh if I can ever get beyond this carnality that tries to hold me back and say no not today it's not next Sunday will be better Oh. oh what is your heart saying to you right now that your flesh is trying to talk you out of you need to stand on your feet right now and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I need your touch. 
I need you to touch my mind. I need you to touch my heart. I need you to touch my spirit. I need you to touch my feet. I need you to touch my hands. I need you to strengthen me. I need you right now. I need you right now. I need you right now. Oh, her heart was saying, wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Her heart was saying, come on, let's move. Let's get closer to him. Let's open the door to him. Let's take down the barriers. Let's get, let, let's get the restrictions out of the way. I, I don't know why God impressed me with this, but last night the Lord impressed me to tell somebody that you need to quit treating God like you treat other people. Because somebody failed you somewhere in your life or they disappointed you or they let you down. When God tries to come near, you treat God the same way you treat that person. You keep him at arm's length. You hear me this morning. God has never done me anything but good. Never. He has never hurt me. He's never left me worse. He's always left me better. Yes. It doesn't matter how down I have been. When I have opened to him, something has lifted me. Arms, hands, something comes underneath. When I feel like I'm falling and there's nothing that can stop the fall, how many times have I felt God's hands come underneath my falling soul and bear me up? How many times in life have I stumbled? How many times have I stumbled and I have faltered and tumbled down, 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 trying to get control of my life, trying to, trying to get my wits about me, trying to figure out what, what's up and what's down. And all of a sudden, he comes underneath me with his wings. And the Bible said he bears me up. That's what God's trying to do for somebody here this morning. For somebody that didn't come with this in mind, this is what God had in mind, a rendezvous, a meeting place. <laughs> Come on, reach out to him right now. Would you do that? Oh, yes. Four of you, God. Four of you, God. I can't make it through the trials. I can't make it.